beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. The Stephen King Summer Book Club is in full swing over on my private podcast called Secret Stuff. In July, we will be discussing Stephen King's debut novel, Carrie, which I promise you is not as scary as you think it is. We'll do a watch along of the movie. And then I recently announced that the second selection for the Stephen King Summer Book Club is the novella he wrote entitled, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, which then became the award-winning movie Shawshank Redemption. I chose this one because I wanted to prove to you that some of Stephen King's best writing and storytelling is not at all scary. He's a genius, and I want you to know that too. So if you would like to dive into a little bit of Stephen King, why not do so with me? Because he's my favorite author. You can sign up for the Stephen King Summer Book Club at 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. That's 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. So it is time for another prompt episode. I love doing these episodes with 10 prompts. We have talked through 10 questions to ask yourself at the beginning of anything, 10 questions to ask yourself at the end of anything, 
10 questions to ask yourself in the middle of anything, 10 questions to mark one year of the pandemic. That one is still super relevant. 10 questions for a successful summer. Again, just so relevant. But today it's a little different because the past prompt episodes have been mostly meant for your own introspection. I mean, some of them are great for conversations to throw out at a dinner party, to ask the whole family, but they're also for you to take to your journal or just sort of meditate on your own answers. This week, this set of questions is specifically meant for couples. And while I had primarily romantic couples in mind, your spouse, your partner, your boyfriend or girlfriend, the questions themselves are not overly romantic. So if you are unattached right now, you can certainly use these questions with a best friend or a roommate. Also, I purposely didn't make these questions overly soul-searching. <laughs> Or, you know, something that might turn off a partner if they're not really into these types of questions or prompts. I really wanted it to just be a connection point. Get some good conversation going, taking the time to just sort of say, I see you, I hear you, even though we are super busy and even though it's been a weird year. I designed these questions to get us sharing and to get us in a place where it's easier to tell our stories or, you know, kind of delve into what's going on with us right now. But they are not meant to be like, we should have a talk. Big, deep, serious conversations. These are meant for you to come away from this conversation, feeling connected, feeling loving, feeling like you know one another just a little bit more. And so because of that, I have structured this episode a little differently than the past prompt episodes. I'm going to give you all 10 questions at the start here. I'm going to walk through all 10 of these questions and prompts, explain the question itself, and sort of explain why I think it can be a good conversation between couples. And then after that, you are going to hear a conversation between a couple. (laughs) I made my husband, Jeff, sit down with me and go through a few of these questions together. We answer a few of these questions here. You'll get to hear us talk them through. And then we answer a few of the more personal ones over on Secret Stuff, my private podcast. We talk through the question about money and we talk through the question about stress over there on Secret Stuff. Now, a few things to think about as you jump into this set of prompts. So first of all, hold all of this loosely. Again, this isn't going to be like a deep, meaningful, scary thing, especially if you have a partner who doesn't really like sharing their feelings or like feeling put on the spot. We're holding all of this loosely. We're not going to press ourselves or our partners if for some reason we're unsatisfied with their answer. (laughs) The thing about connecting with people through conversation and I've learned this the hard way, I promise you, is that you can't direct their side of the conversation. They get to answer how they answer. There is no right or wrong. If it doesn't go the direction that you are hoping, try not to be disappointed and just look at this as baby steps to having better conversations or practice for having more important conversations. This is meant to be a fun exercise. So the other thing is to be mindful of when you bring these prompts to the table. You're probably not going to do all 10 at once. I feel like that might take a while. Or maybe together you can look through the whole list and sort of 
pick which ones you're more interested in answering. Maybe you take the prompts out on a date night. Maybe you're in the car together for a while, and so it's a good time to bring a few up. But even though the prompts are meant to be fun and not like deepest, deepest ever, you still should pay attention to when you're trying to have these connection moments. If they happen spontaneously, great. That's the best, isn't it? But sometimes I feel like I have been guilty of just sort of picking the wrong moment. Maybe when things feel a little chaotic, maybe when he hasn't had the greatest day at work, maybe when he's trying to watch something on TV and I would rather his attention be on me. So I bust out this kind of gimmicky thing, these questions and prompts. That is the wrong time, at least with my partner. So hold it all loosely, pick your time wisely, but most importantly, have fun. These questions are meant for fun. So let's focus on knowing one another better and sharing our stuff in a light and loving and safe relationship with the person we're sharing our life with. Okay, so first the 10 questions, then you'll get to hear a little bit from me and Jeff together on our couch at home. Okay, so let's dive right into these questions. Number one on the 10 questions for couples is, what parts of your life now are how you pictured and what parts are not? So I started with kind of this big, generic, general question, but don't dismiss this. You know, maybe you're the type of couple that talks about an aspect of this on a regular basis. I know a lot of people are often evaluating their career, where they live, their family choices. And so don't think or assume that you automatically know what your answer is or what your partner's answer is on this question about what parts of your life are how you pictured or what parts are not. It has been such a crazy 18 months that you both may have different answers than you did two years ago. Or you might just express it differently than you would have now than, you know, 10 years ago, maybe when you first talked about these kind of things. Also, when you're answering this one for yourself, pay attention to if what you're saying is just a part of your story that has kind of always been your stock answer on this type of question, or if it's really rooted in truth. So for example, if part of your life story is you never thought you would end up back in your hometown, but you have, as you're answering this question with your partner, ask yourself if that's even worth talking through anymore, or if it's even true anymore. Pay attention to what your body does. Is this just like a lazy stock answer for you? Or is this really something that needs to be explored more? Or is there another answer entirely that could bring about a good conversation on this question number one? Question number two, what is your favorite thing we do together? Now listen, this is the most specifically couple question on the whole thing. So if you're not doing this with a romantic partner, just decide if this one feels appropriate or not. It totally could be something you could answer with a best friend or with a roommate. But if you are talking to the other part of your romantic couple, this is a really fun question. Now, you can keep it G-rated, you can talk about something more intimate, but whether you have different answers here or you both say the same thing, make sure that you are building in time to do that thing together. 
more often. And again, be totally honest about what this real answer is. For me, I like date nights because I like going to a new restaurant or I like, you know, doing my hair and putting on lipstick. But date nights themselves are kind of hit or miss for whether or not Jeff and I come home from them feeling deeply connected. Like sometimes it's fun and sometimes it just sort of ticks a box of things we're supposed to do. But as you'll see in our conversation in a minute, our favorite thing that we do together is much lower stakes than doing a whole date night thing. And so whatever your favorite thing to do is with your partner, make sure you're doing it on the regular. This might also bring up something that you haven't done together in a while, but that you both enjoy. What if you're like, you know, I loved it when we used to take evening walks together. Why do we stop doing that? If you're both in agreement on that, it's something that you both really do enjoy. Resurrect that evening walk habit and it might end up being something that becomes, you know, really meaningful in your relationship. So that was number two. What is your favorite thing we do together? Number three, tell me about a teacher in your life. Now, I thought of this one because just the other night with friends, Jeff was telling a story about a teacher in his life, his high school teacher. And I knew this story. I'd heard it before, but something about the way he was telling it, it really made me realize that there's a lot of insight into this question. And when you're answering it or however your partner answers it, this can be a past teacher and it can be like a literal teacher, you know, a school teacher, or it can be a mentor figure, a coach, a boss, some kind of spiritual director. It can be a current teacher in your life, or it can be one from the past. But the prompt is, tell me about a teacher. And I think that this can bring so much insight into how your partner learns, what they are attracted to or motivated by, depending on whatever this teacher was teaching them. It can be insight into them as a young person or into their career or into what they are learning now. And same for you, talking about your teachers. And I feel like I love to talk about teachers, who we are being taught by, who is influencing us and guiding us in our life. You can really learn a lot about a person when you hear about their teachers. Number four, question number four is a little bit related. The prompt is, who taught you about money? Now, this question I put in here because money is the number one source of strife between couples. Financial matters are hard. And I think talking about this in a general way, who taught you about money instead of about whatever your specific circumstances are right now, good or bad. This can be really helpful and interesting when you're thinking about how you as a couple spend and save and invest, how you make choices around money. Sometimes you're in perfect alignment. Sometimes it feels baffling. And so maybe knowing about who taught you about money, and this can be anything from like a literal economics teacher to observations of your parents or grandparents or caregivers, maybe you learned about money watching TV in pop culture. Maybe somebody read a really influential book when they were in college. To me, this is a prompt that lets you talk about the topic of money and maybe some of the philosophies of money, the things that you learned that were super valuable and the things that were damaging, actually. But without talking again about whatever your specific family financial situation is, that that might be a really charged conversation. This is more about some backstory. This is more about how you feel about 
money, what you learned, and you know, sort of how it has affected you as an adult. So that was number four, who taught you about money. Number five and number six go together. Number five is describe what you were like at age 10. Number six is describe what you were like at age 22. So I picked those ages sort of arbitrarily. I wanted to pick a childhood age where you're old enough to really remember what that was like pretty solidly, and then a young adult age when you were just sort of on the cusp of the rest of your life. And it's possible, of course, that you knew your partner when they were 10 or 22, and they knew you, but still have them describe what they thought they were like. What did their family look like? What were they into? Did they feel self-confident? Did they feel cute? Who were their friends? How did they spend their weekends? Describing what you were like at these two different ages. Even if you feel like you know some of these stories or you literally knew one another, it can be different from how you've observed this in pictures or maybe stories you've heard from family or whatever to how a person describes themselves how they actually felt at those ages, and if they've changed a lot, and if their life felt stable then. This is definitely one that could be ruminated on for many, many minutes. But tracking our own selves and our own identities through the major milestones of our lives, that's how we get to know ourselves. That's how we reconnect with ourselves so that we can reconnect with others, which is the whole point of this show. (laughs) So those were questions five and six. Question number seven is, what is a habit you wish you could make or break? Now, in some ways, this question might make you or your partner a little squirmy because sometimes when we talk about habits that we want to make or break, there can be shame or judgment attached. You know, it sort of brings up a lot of feelings of often things we might not want to talk about. So tread lightly here and that you don't want to set yourself up to maybe have an argument about what another's habits, nor do you want to sort of put yourself up, offer yourself up for some of the things you might be sensitive right now to. You don't want to sort of put them out there to be slammed or dismissed, which can happen in the best of couples, right? Like someone might say something that feels sensitive to them or say an observation about their partner that seems obvious, and it just really pierces. And I feel like this can come up around habits. But I also think this can be a really healthy conversation around your choices. It can be a great conversation that, you know, saying these things out loud can sometimes help you hold one another accountable. So if you feel like you want to have less glasses of wine per week, if you feel like you want to break up with your phone, if one of you wants to start an exercise routine or a morning routine instead of just hitting the ground running every day when the alarm goes off, like this can be a really healthy and helpful conversation. But watch for the pitfalls here that you don't fall into a habit of criticizing one another or something like that. Like try to keep the energy on the up and up here in a way that feels like positive refinement in your partnership, that you're both constantly in a growth mindset and want what's best for one another and for your family. Okay, number eight is, who would you describe as your people? Besides one another, of course, let's do a check-in on who you think your current community is. Now, for some of you, this might be a super obvious question, like you've had a longtime group of friends or you're really close to your extended families. But I know for 
me, I've definitely gone through different friendship seasons. You know, my mom friends that I had when my kids were babies are totally different women than my mom friends that are in our life now doing carpool and being a really major part of our life at the elementary school age. So when you're talking about your people, it's of course your friends, your community, who you would call in an emergency, who you just enjoy being with, and let this lead to not just identifying those people, which is kind of fun. Maybe this leads to who would you want to go on a double date with? Who do you want to try and get to know better? Wow, who has become a much bigger part of your life in the last year or so that you're so grateful for? What members of your family are you feeling close to? Are there any that you're feeling a little distance from? Number eight is who would you describe as your people? Number nine, this is sort of a funny one, so you'll have to roll with me. Would you rather throw a party or attend a party? Describe your dream social scenario. Now, for some of us, we don't want any social scenarios. <laughs> like maybe the answer here is no parties. And I get that. But what I'm trying to ask here, like what makes for this, you know, to be a fun conversation is do you prefer to host or be a guest at anything, a backyard barbecue, a sit down dinner, a rager? And then what is your dream social scenario? And you can't do the cop out of, I have no dream social scenarios, which I know some of us might. Just for funsies, talk through this one. Maybe your dream social scenario is going on a trip with good friends. Maybe it's going on a hike with just one other person. And then once you know this about one another, see if there's a way you can make it happen. I mean, obviously, if your dream social scenario is, you know, to go on a cruise to Antarctica with all of your best friends, I mean, that might not be something you can make happen within the next 90 days. <laughs> but if your dream social scenario is truly just like, guy, love it, guy would love it if we could do a lake day with these three families and great food and great music. That might be something that you can make happen. And maybe you didn't even know that that was your partner's dream social scenario. It's also fun to talk through if you see yourself more as a host or a guest. And there's absolutely no judgment here. One of you might love having people over to your home. And one of you might feel like, I hate the hassle and effort that it takes to have guests over. It gives me a lot of anxiety. So maybe talking that through, if you've never really done that, would be helpful for future social situations. Okay, number 10, and the last question for couples. What is a current stress in your life? And is there any way I can help relieve it? Now, chances are you know what your partner's big stress is and they know yours, but maybe you haven't talked it through in a while. Maybe you don't really understand the nuances of it. Let this part of the conversation not be as tense as it could, you know, possibly go when ending on a prompt with the word stress in it. Let this conversation go towards a place of sharing ourselves, seeing and being seen. And if it's appropriate, if it feels like this would be the time maybe to talk it through, a solution or brainstorm some solutions. But wherever this conversation goes, let it end on a note of, I am here for you. We are in this together. I want to help you in any way I can. Our partnership means that we are trying to make one another's lives better. And it's hard to do that if we don't acknowledge the things that are hard 
and ask for or suggest things that might help make it easier. Of course, not every stress has a solution or a way to alleviate it. But just like not every part of being in a couple is sunshine and rainbows, not every part of it is stressful and difficult either. So hopefully this last question ends on a loving note and a helpful note and a way that makes you both feel less alone. So those are the 10 questions for couples. I hope that you take them on a date night, on a road trip, on a walk, wherever you have great conversations with your better half. I hope these questions are helpful to you. And now to a conversation with my better half. My husband, Jeff, and I, we have been married almost 14 years. We've been a couple for over 17 years. And still, in this quick little exercise, I learned some new things about him. So enjoy my conversation with Jeff. We talked through a few more of the questions over on Secret Stuff. I hope that all of this sparks wonderful conversations in your life. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U-Y-O-U. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping. Available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. 
is so small it charges your earbuds while not in use. The Bluetooth pairing is also quick and seamless. Raycon earbuds start at just half the price of other premium audio brands. My listeners can get 15% off all of Raycon's products by going to buyraycon.com slash you. That's buy, B-U-Y, Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N, dot com slash you, Y-O-U, for 15% off your entire order. Buyraycon.com slash you. Do you remember when we were dating a million years ago? No. <laughs> I haven't gotten to the question yet. And I would ask questions at dinner and like on dates and stuff to make you talk. Yes, I remember you doing that. Did you think it was weird? <laughs> it was probably good for me, but I, at the time I probably found it annoying. Well, not so annoying that you like <laughs> broke up with me. <laughs> well, not that annoying, but still annoying. <laughs> but if I hadn't have done that, then I wouldn't have talked, and it would have been great. I would have been quiet. No, but, like, talking is is one of the main ways we connect. Right. Do you think that, or are you just going along with me saying that? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Did I tell you what this episode is? No, you didn't. So when I just said, do you want to record, you were like, no. And then I was like, we're recording. Yeah, that's how it went, basically. <laughs> I said no, and you pulled the microphone out and set the computer up, and here we are. <laughs> okay, well, the episode is, you know, every few months I give these 10 questions, like 10 prompts that you can use in a family, that you can use with a friend, that you can just use as a journal prompt. And I decided I wanted to do an episode where the 10 questions were really geared towards couples. Because I love talking to you, but also our kids are at sleepaway camp for two weeks. And so for the first time, especially because of the pandemic, for the first time in, I don't know, like maybe two years, I guess it would be, we're getting like kid-free time that's more than just a few hours, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know... It's nice to use these days to have some solid conversations, eat good food, maybe we'll get a massage, but also have some solid conversations. So I wrote these 10 questions for couples that people can take on date night or, you know, just use on a road trip, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you some of these questions and I'll answer two and I'm, we don't have to do all 10, but. Also, it's kind of worth noting, you and I started dating in 2004, so we've been, and we were friends before that, but we've been officially a couple for 17 years. Jesus. <laughs> Do you feel like you still hear new stories from me? Yeah. Because when I was writing these questions, knowing that I was going to ask you the questions, I was thinking, well, I don't want to ask something that I feel 90% confident in the answer. Now, I do like having these questions and then being surprised by an answer, right? But I was also really thinking, I want it to be something that I'm not 100% certain what you're going to say. So let's do the first one. What parts of your life now 
are what you pictured and what parts are not. What I pictured when? Let's say when you were a young person, like in your 20s, and you were looking at yourself in your 50s. Like not as a kid, because I don't think you can really envision very well as a kid, but. Hmm. I didn't envision myself making television and movies. Really? Yeah. Well, you were a skateboard magazine editor in your 20s. Did you think you would do that forever? Yeah. I thought I'd at least be a graphic designer and in publishing on some sort. That's where I pictured my life going. Like print art? Mm-hmm. And painting. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see this coming at all in my 20s. Do you feel a lack because the art you do now is so much more collaborative and has to, you know, go through hoops before it's the, on the screen the way people see it versus like your younger person art was more independent and more solitary? Well, the magazine was... Pretty collaborative. I would say that was cool. I mean, I, I, I could choose how things looked and I didn't have a whole lot of oversight, but it was a collaborative thing. I like, I like it being collaborative. It doesn't feel that different to me than making the magazine other than I get to go outside more, if that makes sense. I mean, a lot of it is different, but like overall, when I was running, when I was doing Big Brother Magazine, it was we had freedom and this creative freedom to do what we wanted. And that's kind of how the movies are right now, too. At least the Jackass stuff, you know, and it feels similar. Okay, so your career doesn't look like how you would have pictured. No. See, already, that's not what I thought you were going to say. What do you think I was going to say? I don't think when you were in your 20s that you pictured being a family man, did you? Um, I probably assumed I would be a family man at some point. I just tried to put it off as long as possible. And that you did successfully. <laughs> yes, I did. Now I'm the old dad. So is that the part you think does look like what you pictured? The family life? Yeah. Um... A little bit. It's going how I would have wanted it to go had I pictured having a family. For me, I pictured having a family, being a mom and in a marriage and having a home. Like domestically, that part also for me is is what I would have pictured. It doesn't look like how I would have pictured because I think I wanted a lot of kids, theoretically. Like, I think I pictured family life as being really lovingly chaotic, like you see on TV, you know, like, yeah, like just kids running around everywhere, sort of how it is when we are with our nieces and nephews and everything, like how our holidays kind of shape out. I sort of thought that's what our daily life would look like. Mm -hmm. And our family life is actually pretty mellow. Yeah. Like our kids are not rowdy. They can be. Right, but I mean, on the daily. On the daily, they're not, no. We're kind of a quiet force. Did you, would you have pictured palm trees in your life? Mm, well, by my 20s, I actually already lived in L.A., but prior to that, 
No, that was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, once I made that decision in college, I, it was, it felt exactly right. And, and I pursued it and I did it and it, it was what I wanted. But before LA became the dream for years before that, the dream was London or somewhere like moodier, like rainy, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't for years and years, like my late teens, I was not in like a sunny Cali girl. Like that wasn't my mood. I wanted like journaling and dark literature and cafes and like, that's not what LA is, you know? Sounds like Seattle and you haven't even been there yet. I know. And that doesn't appeal to me anymore. I mean, London does, but weather doesn't. (laughs) So I would have pictured myself being in California. So that part. Yeah. I would have hoped that I would have ended up in California. I've always identified as a Californian. I know. It fits you. Okay, the next question. Wait, what was the second part of that? What Did we answer both sides of that? You did. I guess what mine would be for... There are so many parts of our life that don't look like what I would have pictured. I mean, I pictured family life, but like I pictured like... Oklahoma family life. There's so many things about our life that, you know, the Hollywood aspect, you know, there's things about our life that are sort of goofy. Like, obviously, I'm thinking about, like, the fish tank. <laughs> See, man, if you showed me that fish tank when I was a little uh, or younger, and so this is what's, like, yes. Life is going good. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't have ever pictured, like, some really – unusual aspects of our life. And that's not, that's not like a small detail. I mean, that's like a really big part of our homes and part of our daily routine and whatever. Like that's not something I would have ever pictured. Animals, animals in general would not have been in a portrait I painted. (laughs) Did you ever picture yourself being this dog lady that you are? No, that also, even though he loves me more. Okay. He doesn't love me more. And also, Another surprise was the dog. That surprised me. That I became a dog person or that we got a dog at all? That we were able to get a dog at all and that you became such a dog person. I did not see that coming. Don't make it sound like I'm like a crazy. You're like a crazy dog person. Like you create, you're one of those, you, you have a Instagram page for your dog. I know it. Is that because of my love of the dog or because of my love of Instagram? Probably both, but definitely you've joined groups of the type of dog we have. Okay, but I find those really helpful, actually. And you're missing out that you're not in the Facebook group for the <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. Um, what's your favorite thing that we do together? Please keep this family G-rated. <laughs> What is my favorite thing that we do together? Like all the time or like, like I love when we travel. Just me and you or as a family? As a family. Or you were talking me and you? Well, me and you travel. I love that. It's one of the quiet times. Like, I love it like this when it's just you and I chilling out. We don't know what to do and we just hang around. Like, I love that. That's funny you say that because I like the quiet times too. Like my some of my favorite times with you is when 
we've been doing this since the kids were little, maybe even since before the kids were born. Like when we've done something that took a lot of energy in the day, we went to the beach or the zoo or whatever we did. And then we come back and then we like take a nap mm-hmm. and we have like the, an hour to two hours of like, yeah, the lazy moments are awesome. Yeah. I love that. Me too. And like, I remember it wasn't last summer, the summer before when the kids were gone for a couple of weeks and we just hung around the lake house and it was very slow paced and I really liked it. I got to, I got to look at what retirement looks like, I guess. And I kind of liked it, even though it was very slow paced. Yeah, I like that. You usually doze or watch some TV, and I read my book, and it's just like quiet. Mm-hmm. And we talk about stuff. I feel like in those moments, I mean, not like when we're like actually napping, because I just really like the downtime after something fun, is what I was thinking about. But in the times you're describing, when we have like a week into ourselves or whatever, I feel like sometimes the best conversations come up naturally then Mm -hmm. and not in between like, okay, we have to talk about this thing before bed or we have to talk about this thing in between this activity and the next thing. Like Mm -hmm. when there's like a lot of time, then we end up having like some interesting conversations about a thing that happened or someone we know or something we want to do in the future. I don't know. It feels like those conversations are just with like less. There's no pressure on any of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that I really enjoy just being around you in the quiet moments. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across two dots and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. Okay, here's the next question. Describe what you were like at age 10. I don't know if I can remember age 10. Where did you live when you were 10? I lived in Colorado Springs. Because you were an army brat. Yeah. I have always been into art and creating things. But also I, I liked skiing a lot back then. I loved just running. We had a, we lived in a cool area where we had these bluffs, these cliffs around that we would run up into. And uh, just exploring around there. I don't know. Ten, what was I like? It's like right between our kids' ages right now. Right, like fourth grade. Yeah, that was Colorado Springs. Did you have friends? Yeah, I had friends. Did you fight with your siblings or play with your siblings? We got along pretty well. 
um, that uh, during those years. But I mean, look, my brother and I were close in age, and we we fought, and then we were best friends and fought, and best friends and fought. You know, what was I into? I was into evil can evil. What was your bedroom like? In Colorado, I had my own bedroom, which was cool because before that, well, I, my brother and I shared a really small bedroom. Did your I remember one thing? I, I just like um, for the school play. Now this is fourth. It might have been fifth grade. I, I don't remember, but uh, I painted the backgrounds for the play. These big mural like backgrounds of like the mountain scene and stuff. And I was really into that. So I didn't do it by myself. I think there was a group of us, but I was way into it. Into painting. Yeah. I probably did most of it. Were you into sports? Did you like girls? What was your... Yeah, both. Um, I wouldn't say I was a playboy at 10. (laughs) Um, Sports. I didn't really have my sport. I did all the, you know, I did baseball and soccer. and But I never super connected with any of it. It's kind of a drag to me. And I hadn't yet found, like, I, I started, I liked riding my bike. I didn't, I don't think I rode my bike as much in Colorado because we lived on a steep hill. But like, like in, in San Francisco, I was starting to get into, like, I had this little miniature, like, motocross type bike. And I was way into it. And I looked, like, these kids on our our little cul-de-sac, it's not really a cul-de-sac, like in our neighborhood, they set up this little jump and, uh, I was way into, like, trying to hit the jump, even though I was only in, like, second grade. I was That that excited me. But then when we moved to Colorado, I kind of lost touch with that. But skiing made up for it. That's why I – and when I skied, I like to jump. I like to just find jumps and go jump them. I didn't care much about anything else. I just like to jump. <laughs> and that's what I like to do when I ski. Did you get along with your parents? Yeah. Pretty well, yeah. I hired a lot with my grandparents. Because they lived close. They they lived close when we moved to Colorado. They moved to Colorado. So that was the first time they lived close. They moved to be with you guys. Yeah. So, and I spent a lot of, I would go fishing a lot. I was into fishing in Colorado, too. Me and my grandpa would fish a lot. What was I like at 10? Well... I was already a huge reader. Fourth grade is when I started reading adult books, actually. I mean, that's when I found Stephen King, but I also started reading, I guess these aren't adult, but like these teenager thriller books, like V.C. Andrews and a bunch of those type of books. That all kind of started when I was about 10. I had just started a new school, so I grew up in this really teeny, tiny town, and then in the third grade, I moved over and went to the bigger town. The big city of Ardmore. <laughs> the big city. <laughs> Wasn't a big city. But my parents had moved my brother to go to a better high school because he wanted to go to a good college. And he was in high school, but I was only in third grade. And so I had moved, we had moved recently. So I feel like I was still finding my footing a little bit. And I spent a lot of time either in the car or by myself. I was a latchkey kid, so my parents both worked. And so I was home alone for hours every day after school. That had just started around age 10. And I didn't mind that at all. I liked that. I liked to be by myself. Like, 
I can't think of much about 10-year-old Laura that is very different from 42-year-old Laura. I mean, not like the life circumstances or the life experience, right. but like from right. a personality. Core, yeah. Core. From a personality standpoint, from an identity standpoint, it's not that different. Right. Okay, next question. What is a habit you wish you could make or a habit you wish you could break? Well, I wish I would be more disciplined and paint more. Just force myself to do it. That's hard, though, because that takes a lot of mental energy. Like, that's not a habit. Well, what do you mean by a habit? I mean, maybe that's a habit. I'm not trying to poo-poo on your answer. I wish you would paint more, too. <laughs> right. I'm not joking. I really do. You made some great paintings during quarantine. It only took a global pandemic. I don't know. You can't think of a single bad habit that you wish you could break or a good habit you wish you could. No, I'm, I do not have any bad habits. I am very <laughs> put together. I don't want to supply answers to you, but I'm thinking of some things. <laughs> I don't know. My brain's not working. I wish I could create. This is like a pipe dream, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I sincerely wish I could create a yoga habit. Like I, I want to be addicted to yoga. Mm. I feel like it would be so good for my body and my mental health. And what keeps you from doing it? I, I find it hard. It is hard. I'm attracted to it. Like I really love it, but it's as hard as training for a marathon or something for me, like physically. And yeah, that's why you gotta, you gotta put it on your schedule. You have to like, up to me, I have to pay for it. I have to be obliged to do it. You know, you got to make that obligation. Well, I know. And that's what Pilates worked for me for so long because I paid for it. And it was at a studio close to our house. It was mm -hmm. convenient, even though it's inconvenient to leave the house. But it was convenient that it was close right. and easy to park and like all those things, which in L.A. matters. Well, you live right now near a lot of... I live right by a bunch of yoga studios yeah. now. There's probably even more. And you know, there's probably <sighs> people in their houses that would do. We live in Hippieville. There's tons of yoga all over the place. I know, but it's really daunting to me to go to a studio. I mean, look, it took every ounce, every ounce of mental strength I had, maybe more than I even had to become a beginner at Pilates and mm -hmm. go to that studio and not know what I'm doing and be really humiliated. Nobody humiliated me. I just felt that way. You mm -hmm. know, like I just can't, it's like, would be the same. I mean, I'm not a beginner at yoga, but it would be similar. And I just can't, I just am like, I can't do it. I'm too intimidated, but that's what I secretly want for my life. Mm -hmm. That's pretty attainable. You still haven't thought of a bad habit that you want to break? Fine. Because seriously, Jeff, like... Name some bad habits I have. <laughs> See, you can't even think of one. No, <laughs> but I'm trying so hard to you not... can't even think of one. Sound like a See? critical wife to start rattling off all the things that you need to change. <laughs> no, just kidding. I love you so much. But what about... You scroll your phone too much. Yeah, that's true. I do. Yeah, I'd like to 
not be as addicted to my phone. It seems like that just seems like a answer, like everybody could answer that way, but it actually is a real thing. It is for sure. I saw this Facebook thread that I was reading and it was actually very snarky and I didn't like the thread and there was like a lot of judgment happening in it. It was about kids, teenagers, like being on their phone too much and whatever. And, and, but somebody made a comment in it that did make me be like, ugh. they said something like kids are addicted to their phones because their parents are addicted to their phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, they like sort of even said it pithier than that. But anyway, I was like, oh, our kids don't have phones yet, but they're definitely on screens too much. Yeah. And they're going to be phone age in any second now. And I want to have modeled better phone habits than I have. Honestly, I need to yeah, start being more too. mindful. Me too. I agree. That's a good one. That is one I cannot deny. Okay. Would you rather throw a party or attend a party? Attend. And then what's like your dream party to attend? Like if you could go to a party that you were like, this is the best night ever. I want you to tell me what food is there, what the location is, what band is playing, what the activity is. Like give me your like dream party. Oh, geez. Don't phone it in. Really think about it. All right. Well, it'd have to have, it'd have to be a bit tropical. Like we're in a tropical location? Yeah, that would be the best. But if not, tropical drinks would be fine. Maybe a reggae band. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Who all is there? Like, is it a small party? Is it a big party? Not too big. I don't know. I don't really like parties that much. I'd rather go find a little dive bar. That would be better for me. Like, parties. I don't, I don't enjoy parties that much. Well, what do you like about the dive bar? I just like the vibe. Do you like there's less talking at the dive bar? Yeah. Okay. I usually like one that has good music playing. Yeah, it's a little simpler. But I, I don't know. I, I like it to get rowdy, too. You know, I don't know. I'm not a... I'm just not, I don't know, I'm not really a party guy. I didn't go to a lot of parties. Well, I mean, the gist of the question is just like, what would be a really fun night for you Fun night friends? would be a bunch of friends out at a bar that had good music playing. And, you know, usually I'd inspire somebody to do something stupid and crazy. Or I would do it. And that would be a fun night. So you've been to your perfect evening multiple times. Lots of times, yes. Okay, my perfect party would be nobody's there, a book <laughs> and a light, and a comfortable place to sit, a lounge. I know your perfect party. That's it. Okay, but I do like being with my friends. Sometimes. Most of the time. I feel like we sort of inadvertently threw my perfect party a few weeks ago. I didn't know it was going to be my perfect party. It was, I hosted, I prefer to host because I, like, I love attending parties because then you can duck out and leave. Mm -hmm. But I also like hosting parties because I really genuinely love creating a vibe. Like, I love, like, thank you. I just love it. And I 
couple weeks ago for my friend Julie's birthday, we just had a few of us over. It was literally just four of us. And we ordered our favorite food in, like we door dashed our favorite food. We had a masseuse come and give us all massages. Like we took turns. Mm -hmm. We had cocktails and it was just mellow. And like, when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that was about perfect. It was everything I liked. It was food I liked. It was drinks I liked. It was a massage. It was some of my favorite people. And we were at my house, which I also love. Like, it was kind of an impromptu thing, but mm-hmm. I loved it. So that's kind of simple. I, I love big extravagant parties too, but really the best ones are the simple ones kind of. Okay, that was pretty good. Did you like those questions? Yeah, those are good questions. I feel good about it. I love talking to you. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.